Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for May the 7th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast bringing you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry five days a week, Monday through Friday, right here on YouTube and podcast services around the world. I'm rolling up the sleeves. We have a lot to dive into today because today was the big Xbox event. We got to look at all of the big third-party games that Microsoft was willing to show off. And it is worth mentioning yet again, those are third-party games. So if you are a fan of the PlayStation 5, if you are a big fan of the PC gaming space, you should definitely tune in because some of these games are going to be coming to your platform of choice as well which is very exciting for a lot of people, including myself, who are still on the fence about getting the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X at launch. And I think a lot of people are still in the process of making that decision. But without further ado, let's go ahead and break down every big announcement from today's event because there were 13 new games announced for the Xbox Series X that we finally got to see a look at. Uh, now, there are plenty of articles covering the entire event. I'm going with the one from Video Games Chronicle, which, by the way, is a phenomenal outlet that has been on fire lately. And I love these comprehensive lists whenever we do have a big event because that means I don't have to read you. Yes, you. 10 to 12 articles that say the exact same thing as this single article does. Microsoft revealed the first ever Xbox Series X gameplay during an Inside Xbox presentation streamed live on Thursday. The broadcast saw the announcement of 13 games set to release on Xbox Series X from a variety of developers located around the world. These included action game Bright Memory Infinite, narrative-driven space combat shooter Chorus, and horror Steam, excuse me, horror game Scorm. Bandai Namco showed sci-fi combat game Scarlet Nexus, Curve Digital unveiled RPG The Ascent, and there was another psychological horror game in the medium, which features music by the composer behind Silent Hill. Other original games featured in the presentation included first-person puzzle adventure Call of the Sea and co-op shooter Second Extinction. More familiar to Xbox fans were glimpses at the next-gen Madden NFL 21, Codemasters Dirt 5, and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Sega also confirmed Yakuza Like a Dragon will be an Xbox Series X launch game. Finally, Xbox offered viewers a look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla running an engine on the Xbox Series X. The Ubisoft title is set to release for various platforms later this year. Microsoft said it will announce new games from first-party studios Double Fine, Ninja Theory, and Obsidian during another Inside Xbox livestream in July, which will also be used to show off Halo Infinite. So, let's go ahead and break down these games. Call of the Sea is an otherworldly first-person adventure puzzle game developed by indie studio Out of the Blue and published by Raw Fury. Players step into the shoes of Nora, who has traveled to the South Pacific in the 1930s on a search for her missing husband. It very much so looks like Sea of Thieves. The Medium is releasing for Xbox Series X and PC during the holiday 2020 season. Bloober Teams, of course famous for the Blair Witch game, Observer, and Layers of Fear, uh, are having their most ambitious project to date, and it sees players assume the role of Mary Ann, a medium living across the real and spirit worlds. The Medium is a tension-filled, psychological horror game built around a central motif, how your perspective changes your perception, Blooper says. Then we had Scorn. This game's gross. Independent studio Ebb Software's first-person horror adventure will be exclusive to Xbox Series X when it releases during the console's launch period. Scorn lures players into a claustrophobic underworld populated with misshapen organic forms dripping with unnamed fluids. You will find yourself entirely alone with only your senses and instincts to guide you through the non-linear nightmare of interconnected spaces. 
I didn't like that one. Uh, then Bright Memory Infinite. FPS and Action Fusion Bright Memory Infinite is the work of a one-man team at FYQD Studio. Set in 2036, it sees players investigating a strange phenomenon occurring in the skies around the world. It is soon discovered that these strange occurrences are connected to an archaic mystery, an as-of-yet-unknown history of two worlds about to come to light. Chorus is a space combat shooter from German developer Fish Labs and parent company Deep Silver. Set for release in 2021 for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, PC, and Stadia, it sees players take on the roles of Nora and her sentient starfighter Forsaken as they battle to free the galaxy from oppression. Second Extinction is Turek. I'm just kidding, it, but it is. Second Extinction is an intense three-player co-op FPS where you work as a team to take down large groups of savage mutated dinosaurs. Fight through a maelstrom of bullets, bombs, teeth, claws, and gore. It's up to you to reclaim Earth. Starlet Nexus. In a far distant future, humanity's last hope falls into the hands of an elite group of psionic soldiers who battle an invincible threat known as Others. Unravel the mysteries of a brain-punk future caught between technology and psychic abilities in Scarlet Nexus. That's some weeb shit. Then, The Ascent is a solo and co-op action RPG set in a cyberpunk world. The mega corporation that owns you and everyone, The Ascent Group, has just collapsed. Can you survive without it? Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Developed by the Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Origins team at Ubisoft Montreal, along with 14 other support studios, Valhalla features protagonist Ivor, a Viking raider and clan leader. It will be released during the 2020 holiday season for the current and next-gen consoles, as well as Stadia and PC via the Epic Games Store and Ubisoft Store. Madden NFL 21 The next entry in EA's long-running series was unveiled by Super Bowl MVP and Madden NFL 20 cover athlete Patrick Mahomes. Players who purchase Madden NFL 21 on Xbox One by December 31st, 2020 can upgrade to the Xbox Series X version at no additional cost until March 31st, 2021. Dirt 5. The globe-trotting off-road racer will debut in October and release this year for the Xbox Series X. It will support Microsoft's Smart Delivery Scheme, which lets players buy a game once and play it across multiple Xbox generations. It will include a story mode starring Troy Baker and Nolan North, plus 12-player multiplayer and 4-player offline split-screen modes. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is releasing for PC and consoles, including New Gen and Last Gen in 2020. Bloodlines 2 challenges players to rise through vampire society by stalking prey across Seattle's districts. After uneasy alliances with creatures who control the city and uncover the sprawling conspiracy which plunged Seattle into a bloody civil war between powerful vampire factions. Uh, this is, um, this is a Twilight game. Uh, then Yakuza Like a Dragon will be an Xbox Series X launch game. Become Ichiban Yasuka, a low-ranking Yakuza grunt left on the brink of death by the man he trusted most. Take up your legendary bat and get ready to crack some underworld skulls and dynamic RPG combat set against the backdrop of modern-day Japan. So, how was the event overall? Uh, I gave it a 6 out of 10 on Twitter, and I said uh, this is mainly because a lot of these games are rather forgettable. Not saying they're not good games, but there isn't anything that's standing out outside of a few uh, sparkling glimmers of hope in a way. Uh, the specific games that I really enjoyed watching were Bright Memory Infinite, this looks like a blend of Sekiro and Titanfall and a fantastic Battlefield-esque uh, shooter. I'm a big fan of where this one is going. I love the look of it as well. On top of that, Second Extinction. Again, it's basically a modern co-op turret. 
What? I never thought I would see that one see the light of day, but hey, Second Extinction looks very interesting. And on top of that, I think that Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks good. Now, this one has been getting some flack on social media because of the fact that it really wasn't gameplay. Uh, It was gameplay being rendered in an engine that was running on supposedly Xbox Series X hardware, but at the same time, it's not native gameplay. Whenever you promote something as gameplay, you should just be able to show off what is captured uh, in the same way that a streamer plugs in an Elgato and plugs their console into the Elgato. You should just be able to see the actual game being played. That's what convinces people to buy a game. They see the gameplay and then they say, hey, I want to do that. Um, But that wasn't really what we saw in any kind of way today. We saw a lot of highly curated, highly edited uh, sizzle reels. And uh, although it was technically gameplay, it's not really. I mean, I'm technically skinny, but I'm no Olympian. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the same thing. Uh, However, I think that Xbox is moving in the right direction because you see more than just the childish games. You see more than riffing on Sea of Thieves. You see more than Minecraft. You see more uh, than just Halo and Gears. You see these third-party games that are going to be coming to the system. And on top of that, they said that over 100 uh, development studios around the world are currently working on Xbox Series X games, uh, which is very exciting because that means that a lot of games are going to be hitting the console. Uh, Perhaps more third parties are going to be coming to the Xbox, and that can go a long way, not only uh, in the Western market, but on top of that, uh, whenever you look at Japan and in other areas of the world, you can really elevate the Xbox brand over there if you have the right games on the right hardware. Now, one thing I did want to mention is in the Madden reveal, uh, you are able to upgrade to the Xbox Series X version of the game if you do own the Xbox One version of the game when it launches roughly around August, which is generally when the game comes out. But there's a bit of a catch here where normally Smart Delivery has no time frame on it. Electronic Arts has put a time frame on it. So if you buy the game at launch, let's say it launches August 28th, you need to be able to have an upgraded version by December 31st, 20, or excuse me, you need to buy the game by December 31st, 2020 and redeem that Xbox Series X smart delivery if you want to get the game on the Xbox Series X. A big pain uh, in a lot of ways because of the fact that that's just kind of a pointless uh, boundary, a pointless cutoff for, uh, you know, Treating the customer with the respect they deserve. But what do I know? I don't work at Electronic Arts. Uh, So, overall, excited about the future of Xbox, and I'm excited to see what PlayStation responds with. We still need to see the hardware, and I would love to see the games that they are going to be pimping as the big launch titles on the PlayStation 5. Uh, Because now we see a lot of the third-party games that we might be getting. On top of that, from PlayStation 5, the one game that really comes to mind that we have seen a lot of is Godfall. And by a lot, I mean roughly a few seconds. I need gameplay. And if PlayStation 5 can come out of the gate swinging with tons of exclusives and the majority of these third-party games, uh, that's going to be a game-changer for this entire generation launch. However, speaking of third-party games launching on the next-gen, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be shorter and smaller than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, thank God. Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be shorter and smaller than some other Assassin's Creed games to address criticism that Assassin's Creed Odyssey was somewhat bloated. The move was revealed by Ubisoft Middle East Head of Communications, Malek Tefaha, I think that's his name, on Twitter as translated by VG247 and confirmed by IGM. Quote, FYI, it won't be the longest or biggest game in the series. They addressed criticism on this one. 
While Odyssey's epic scale and 60 hour plus length were appreciated by many, there was mention of the amount of less meaningful content and long travel times between major moments. In our mostly glowing review, we did single that out for criticism. Oftentimes, the payoff of a major character reveal was dulled because I had to spend six hours chasing my tail through half the Greek world to reach it. And this is by no means indicating that Valhalla will be a straightforward small game, though. Creative director Ashraf Ismail previously told us, they say at IGN, that the game would feature a Norway region as well as four English kingdoms, making up quite a large chunk of England in total. Hopefully this move will mean a more densely packed game. It certainly sounds like there is a fair bit to do, from building a Viking settlement to fishing, hunting, and historically accurate Viking rap battles. Of course, this game is coming out on the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X, the PS5, Stadia, and PC, so you will have an opportunity to play it if you did want to dive into it. Now, this is something uh, that myself and a lot of other content creators that I talk to, and on top of that, the general public, uh, is very thankful for. Because although there are many people that enjoy spending potentially hundreds of hours in a game, uh, and make no mistake, that is an incredible amount of value, I have a job, I have... Uh, rent to pay, I have a cat to feed, I don't necessarily want to spend hundreds of hours playing the same game, because there are plenty of games that I do want to dive in and play. Uh, now, it's great for those that want to get the full experience, but I shouldn't have to play for hundreds of hours to get the full experience. Um, it's a very difficult balance to strike, but I'm looking for an Assassin's Creed Valhalla that's about the length of God of War 2018, where you can uh, spend 30 hours-ish, 35 hours, and you can finish the entire campaign, and then you can go back and complete challenges and explore and find new options and side quests. I like that kind of thing. Uh, so we'll see how Assassin's Creed Valhalla stacks up in terms of length and depth, but I'm excited to see they have uh, condensed things down a bit. Uh, I think that really, when it comes down to it, it is truly about how you use it. It's not about how big it is. Uh, so if you have a very densely packed world with few open spaces, and if you have uh, plenty of meaningful quests and meaningful storyline missions, uh, that is what really is going to drive this game to success. Having a lot of fetch quests and various little small piddly things throughout the world, uh, that doesn't do anything for me and many other people. However, the Xbox Series X features 60 FPS as a standard output, as confirmed by Xbox's Aaron Greenberg. The Xbox Series X game's reveal is only a few hours away. Of course, now it's over, but it seems like Microsoft has already confirmed one of the most important features of the device. Today, Xbox's Aaron Greenberg said that 60 FPS will be the standard output, but the architecture allows us to support up to 120 FPS. Many gamers were worried that we'd still see 30 frames per second, but that does not appear to be the case. From what we know, it seems like all games will run at 60fps on the console, but some, like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, can be pushed to 120fps. It's unclear if this is going to be 1080p, 120fps, or 4K, 120, and we will keep you updated as soon as we know more, they say, at Windows Central. And let me tell you, I don't think you are going to be seeing 4K, 120 from the Xbox Series X. That sounds like a dream, man. That sounds like a dream. I think what you are going to be seeing is 4K60 as the baseline, and then you are going to be seeing like something between 4K. You're going to be seeing the 1440p upscaled to 4K running at 120 or somewhere around there, 80 to 100, maybe something like that. Uh, make no mistake though, still buttery smooth. 
but I did want to point out that it looks like 60 FPS has been confirmed as uh, the baseline, and that's good because I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. However, let's move on from Xbox and talk more about Nintendo because Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3, and Metroid Prime 4 are still coming. We just don't know when. With no E3 this year and COVID-19 forcing many developers to work from home, the next few months are going to be interesting for the industry. While Sony and Microsoft are ready to launch new and possibly very expensive consoles, Nintendo has its work cut out for itself by making games to bolster the Switch profile. This year has already had one massive hit, including Animal Crossing New Horizons, and with Xenoblade, Chronic excuse me, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition launching at the end of the month, it may have another instant million seller on its hands. But what about after that? A Nintendo Direct a few weeks ago shown a light on some of the games coming in the next few months, but beyond that, it's a guessing game. Especially when it comes to three of the biggest titles previously announced for the console. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, Bayonetta 3, and Metroid Prime 4 are all stuck with the dreaded TBA release date in the latest Nintendo financial report. Just two first-party titles on the list of upcoming games have confirmed release dates. The aforementioned Xenoblade, a remake, uh, of course coming out on May 29th, 2020, and Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics launching June 5th, 2020. Additionally, Bravely Default 2 still has a general 2020 release date attached to it. As for third-party games, there are plenty of ports on the way, including Bioshock The Collection, Borderlands Legendary Collection, and XCOM 2 Collection, all of which launch on May 29th. Also, why would you, why would they put all of them in, on one day? Uh, also ahead for Switch owners are The Outer Worlds coming June 5th, 2020, Ninjala coming May 27th, 2020, Minecraft Dungeons coming May 26th, and Burnout Paradise coming June 19th. What's interesting is this list only contains games that will be released in the immediate future, with other confirmed titles like Mr. Driller Drill Land and Catherine Fullbody absent from it. With most trade shows canceled for the year or going digital, we will have to wait and see how Nintendo chooses to announce its slate of games that will make up the back half of 2020, and if any of those TBA titles will manage to make it out this year. So, uh, let me tell you, right now, look me in the eyes, I want, to, uh, I want you to bring it in, you aren't going to be seeing any of these games in 2020. And by any of these games, I specifically mean we're talking about Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4. On top of that, Bayonetta 3 could potentially come out this year, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And I say that because of the work-from-home situation. I would be shocked if they were able to hit any kind of fall release date. And that's not to say they don't need it, uh, because there needs to be a strong fall lineup if Nintendo wants to compete with the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. The Switch still has a spot in the next generation of consoles because it's still, and has been since launch, underpowered as compared to the PS4 Pro and the Xbox Series X, or excuse me, the Xbox One X, uh, but Nintendo isn't going after the hardcore power gamer. They are going after the people that enjoy Nintendo. The first party IP that they have is incredibly powerful. Uh, I would say, if not just as powerful, more powerful uh, than Sony. I really think that Nintendo has a lot of specialty uh, that they can bring to the table whenever they're competing. And so they need something this fall, uh, but they could very well just give up. And I see that I have a, a light shining on my face. That's nice. You'll just have to deal with that. I promise that I'm not getting sniped for the video viewers out there. The sunshine is going down, and it is currently right in my eyes. Uh, all of that to say, it looks like Nintendo is going to be lining itself up for a very fruitful 2021, and that could be something that is actually not a bad idea, because then uh, you would be able to 
avoid the entire holiday season and take an L uh, for this Christmas and then move on and say, hey, all right, the new consoles are out. Now the uh, honeymoon phase is over. Let's go ahead and ramp it back up with more Mario and Luigi and Metroid and all of that good stuff. However, we won't be learning more at Paris Games Week. This year should have been special, but it's now not because of the coronavirus. Another gaming event has been canceled due to the coronavirus outbreak, as this time Paris Games Week has announced it will not take place this year. Event organizer Cell, union of publishers of Leisure Software, announced via a blog post that the show, which would have marked the event's 10th anniversary, could not go ahead due to the technical and logistical complexities of organizing PGW in the current climate. This year would have been special with a lineup of new releases and an anniversary edition, which we were thrilled to celebrate with you, the team added. We are already preparing next year's edition and are looking forward to seeing you again. A number of gaming events around the world have already been canceled to the coronavirus, including GDC, Gamescom, and E3, but PGW was due to take place between the 23rd and 27th of October, making it one of the latest shows that could have been canceled so far. Given the severity of the disruption and uncertainty caused by COVID-19, I would not be surprised to see further cancellations in the future. Oh man, this fall, it's going to be interesting because doctors are predicting that we could see a resurgence of COVID-19, so the fall could very much so look like the spring. That's why I'm picking a nice apartment to move into whenever my lease is up here, because I feel like I'm going to be at home a lot over the next few months. Uh, But... Regardless, I am uh, excited for the future. I'm excited to see how events grow and evolve uh, because whenever you look at stuff like the Summer Game Fest that Jeff Keighley is putting on, that is, in essence, E3, but a completely digitized E3. That's something very special, something unique. Uh, And I think that when it comes to facing a tough challenge, that's whenever people begin to evolve and grow in both themselves and in the content they create and in the events that they host. So that's exciting for me, but Paris Games Week is not happening due to COVID-19. However, finally, to round out today's show, Twitch is working on live and interactive reality TV shows, but not escape rooms. Amazon is working on more interactive games for streaming as well as releasing its own premium titles like Crucible and New World, but what else can separate Twitch in an increasingly competitive streaming market? Bloomberg reports that the company is seeking pitches for unscripted television shows, read reality TV, targeting male gamers between 18 and 24, and the 18 to 24 age group more generally. According to the document they saw, game shows, dating shows, or talk shows can be produced on a budget of $50,000 to $250,000 per week. Those are preferred. That should make for something better than your average video podcast or YouTube or multi-window Zoom chat, but it is not in the ballpark of most traditional shows. Clearly, plugging in a PS4 and setting up in front of the playroom is not enough to cut it these days, but Amazon is willing to pay up for content that makes viewers stick to the platform, even if they are not focused on the gaming stars that so many companies are bidding for. I don't know if I like where this is going. Now, if you are an avid Twitch user, you can look at Raj Patel, who hosts uh, the Rajalorette, uh, or the Rajaler, which is essentially The Bachelor, and it is starring many Twitch stars, uh, many big streamers on the platform, which is phenomenal, really good stuff. On top of that, I think about stuff like The Attack, which was Attack of the Show, but it was hosted on Twitch before Kevin Pereira got into some trouble and ended up having to finalize that. Uh, But I want to see what Twitch can do with shows that are curated and created by people uh, that understand the gaming community. I don't want a reality TV show 
Uh, it reminds me in a lot of ways of the, um, I believe it was the tester, which was a PlayStation 3 show that PlayStation and Sony created to find the next game tester, which is generally a low-paying, entry-level job in the gaming industry anyways. Uh, but they got a whole bunch of PlayStation nerds together, and they created a reality show centered around that. I feel like that's what's going to come of this, and I'm not really digging that. Uh, I want to see, and I've talked about this many times before, a curated selection of 24-7 content uh, that has the same vibe and hype of an E3 event, uh, where you have talk shows, you have interviews, you have gameplay, you have uh, giant press conferences, you have all of these uh, pieces of content, maybe even from years past. You could have a nostalgia-filled uh, kind of situation going on where you see the Xbox uh, 360 reveal, and you're like, oh my god, I remember watching that. I want that kind of content. I want something that is built for the gaming culture that Twitch was founded on, but unfortunately, it, as a platform, has grown out of that. Uh, it's no longer the Twitch that was existent in 2013 and 2014. It's something different now. Uh, it's grown to be a giant worldwide phenomenon that is home to a variety of different content. And that's something that is clear in this, trying to uh, find a reality TV show uh, to be pitched to it. But I digress. I'm still going to watch it anyway, because I uh, I love just throwing Twitch up on a side monitor whenever I'm editing or working or whatever it might be. Uh, Twitch is kind of my go-to hub for content outside of YouTube, which I still prefer uh, because I'm more of a curated content kind of guy, but still very fun to interact with people and have conversations. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what you thought about the show and what you thought about today's big Xbox event I would love to see your thoughts in the comments section. Are you going to be getting an Xbox Series X or did the games not really impress? Maybe you're waiting for the July event. I would love to see you down below. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your night. I will talk to you soon and peace.